This is Soccer City. Today, a coaching change in the Bronx, plus a trip to Jackson Heights, Queens, a restaurant there where I found a couple of cousins who were happy to talk about the prospects of their Colombian national team in the World Cup. Also, former pro player and TV commentator Janusz Mahalik, a Polish-American, he'll give us a take on Poland and Group H of the World Cup. When head coach Patrick Vieira saluted the supporters at Yankee Stadium after New York City's 1-1 draw with Atlanta United on Saturday, you knew. When Vieira had extended warm embraces with player Alex Ring and kitman Daniel LaRoche, you knew. And when David Villa told Vieira, thank you for everything, in an open mic that the U.S. Network uses for its sideline sounds, it was even more certain. And on Monday, it became official, confirming reports that had percolated since mid-May. Vieira has accepted the manager's position at OGC Nice in France's Ligue 1, where his first order of business will be to convince Mario Balotelli to return for another year. New York City FC also announced on Monday that Dominic Torrent, a longtime assistant to Manchester City boss Pep Guardiola, he'll replace Vieira who took City from 17th in Major League Soccer to 4th overall in his initial season. Then in 2017, the boys in blue finished 2nd overall under Vieira. And this year, NYC has accrued a franchise record 28 points through 15 matches. Via, he said Vieira's legacy will be the clear identity he created for the franchise. You can see in the field, you know. Uh, we are, I think, uh, we are... Uh, a strong team, you know. We can lose because this is soccer. We can go to Red Bulls, uh, lose. We can go to Portland, lose. We can go to Houston, lose. Today, draw with a good game. But finally, we have identity. You have, you, 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 you see the, the team and you can win, you can lose, you can draw, but you see identity of the team. You, you see the, the, the strong that, that the team is. And this is the most important for us because finally, you need to create identity. We are only three and a half years old. Ben Sweat, he got his chance in MLS when he was signed by Vieira as a trialist last preseason. Sweat has emerged as a regular at the back for his two seasons, and he says that Vieira's formula will carry on. It's not going to change the, the culture with this with this club and what uh, you know what he's implemented, and um, you know that's just that's something as as players, you know, we got to be professionals about it and you know keep that standard, uh, you know, individually and as a and as a as a team. And Vieira agreed, saying that Vieira's departure will not have ill effects on the club since a solid structure is in place. The most important is the identity of the club. Doesn't matter the presidents, the players, the coaches. The most important is that the identity of the club growing and doesn't matter because I one day I live in and, and the people say, oh, sorry, because uh, David Villa living, uh, coming another striker, score a lot of goals. I say, hey, thank you for Villa living, you know. This is, this is soccer, it's normally and we need to fight when we are inside of the club and know that we are a privileged people for, for to be here. One of Vieira's most important acquisitions along the way was Argentine Maxi Morales. As Vieira put it at the time, New York City had never had a playmaker who could unlock a defense, and now they do. Morales told Wado's Roberto Abramowitz, quote, We're very comfortable with the ideas that we have here. I think that us, we are more than happy with him. It's an important step in his career as a professional. I think that everyone will see it that way because he's proven to be a great person beyond what he does as a coach. My final interview with Vieira was last week. And with the World Cup approaching, I enjoyed the opportunity to sit and have a chat with a guy who won a World Cup championship in France 
for France in 1998. So Patrick, I would imagine this time of year, every four years since you've played in this competition, the World Cup, and not only played, but you were in a final on two occasions. Do, do you get a little juiced up for this time? Less than when I was a player, I will say it. But, you know, you're really looking forward to, to, to the World Cup because I believe that is the best competition around. And uh, you're looking at the big nations getting ready for, for the competition and try to win it. So you won it. In 1998, part of that squad. Then 2006, uh, you were also on the side that uh, lost in the final to Italy in PKs. Uh, if you as a player in those two, you actually had a greater role in 2006, so I'm, I'm not sure which gave you more pleasure, the actual winning of it or the fact that you had much more contribution maybe in that uh, in that final in 06. No, it's going to be definitely winning it because, uh, you know, we, that generation managed to to win the World Cup uh, in our own country and uh, you know we won it in front of our fans and I believe that is uh, one lifetime achievement and uh, that was uh, a big moment for the players, for the fans, for all the country and people still really talk about it because that was our first one. And um, and 2006, of course, was uh, was a big one as well, because um, because you know that's I was uh, playing quite really well, and uh, but we we lost in the final, and you know when you play the final, the only way to be satisfied is uh, is to win it. Uh, but overall, to I'm being really proud um, and really happy that I managed to play in uh, in three World Cups. In that 98 Cup, uh, you've told me in the past that was the best team that you've ever been a part of. And you weren't just talking about the ability to play. Can you elaborate? Yeah, I think that was um, a really special generation because, uh, first of all, we had uh, the best player in the world at that time, uh, and that was uh, Zinedine Zidane. But we had... Um, some strong character. We had the back four with Lisa Razou, Laurent Blanc, Desailly, and uh, and Turam. I think you know when you look at these four players at the back to score goals, it's it's tough, especially knowing Barthez was in goal. Uh, in the midfield, we had experience, we had flair, we had talent, and um, and up front with. Uh, with, uh, with Dugarry, Givars, who was scoring goals, a lot of goals in the French League. I think the we didn't play some fantastic football, I think, during 98, but we we were really solid. We were ready to compete against any team, and uh, we had experience, and and that generation was, uh, was special. On that team, the captain of that team was Didier Deschamps in the midfield, and he's now the current French coach. What were the characteristics of Deschamps, which uh, might have led to his current state as, a, as the head coach of the national team? I think it's, um, I would say, charisma. I would say professionalism and uh, and hard worker. Um, he's a guy that conducts himself really well as a player. He's uh, the one who making the right sacrifice to allow himself to perform at a high level. It's really demanding on himself and players around him. 
and um, and that was a, a really good captain, one of the best captain that I've seen in the team. And in that 98 year, like you said, you hosted. But what were the certain pressures of being the home team and not maybe not necessarily expected to win the World Cup, but certainly uh, you know one of the uh, one of the favorites. It it it, it must have been pressure packed at times. Yeah, I think um, you know it was um, a lot of pressure on uh, on our on our shoulder because uh, you know everybody was expecting it to to win uh, all the games really easily, and we had uh, the first tough one against uh, South Africa, I think it was, and uh, and that was uh, that was a really difficult one. We just managed to win, I think, one or two nil, but we scored quite late, and um, and it was really. Um, People was getting really frustrated because we didn't play especially well. But I think winning games one after the other ones, we managed to build the confidence. We managed to relax ourselves a little bit more. The people were more connected with the with the team, and I think we find that momentum and that togetherness who allowed us to to go to the end. And after 206. Uh, we move on to 2010 in South Africa, and there was some drama, drama within the team without getting into details. I do want to fast forward because maybe it's Deschamps, part of the team now, uh, since 2012 as the manager who helped turn things around. So 2014, Pogba emerged. Things were going in a positive direction. What do you think about 2018? I believe that um, after the difficult period that the French national team went through, I think... Uh, the new president and I think Didier Deschamps, they rebuilt the image uh, of the French national team. I think they did some really good work. They make some tough decisions. People can agree that is wrong or is right, but at least they, they make decisions. And I think that helped the teams to move forward. And, uh, and I believe now they have uh, a really young, good team. I believe that you know they are part of the favorite. I will put them in the same line than Brazil. They have talent. They have players who can win games by themselves. At the back, they have some of the best players who play in the big teams in Europe. Uh, they have uh, physicality. Um, you know, I think uh, there will not going to be so many teams who will uh, like play the French. Patrick Vieira, who has departed New York City for his homeland, France, and OGC Nice, which finished eighth in the league on table, just a single point removed from a Europa League berth. Well, the World Cup fever continues on Soccer City. A quarter of a million people in New York City are of Polish descent, so naturally they will be monitoring Group H in the World Cup rather closely. Poland's first match will be on Tuesday, June 19th, against Senegal, Colombia, and Japan, also in the group. Appropriately, well, I want to welcome in one of my favorite Polish-Americans, whose father played for Poland. He's a commentator for ESPN and the Yes Network, former professional player, and member of the U.S. men's national team. Welcome to the program, Janusz Mahalik. Hi, Janusz. Hello, Glenn. Pleasure to be uh, on with you. As always. This is fantastic. Uh, now, when we scheduled this interview, I told you we this is a World Cup centric. We want to get a good preview in uh, on uh, on Poland and their group. But as we both cover NYCFC, uh, I want to first get your reaction to the news that Patrick Vieira is leaving City for Ligue 1 and OGC Nice. So certainly, no spoiler alert necessary on this news. 
Uh, no, no, of course. Uh, I just, uh, you know, uh, for me, it just confirms the path that Patrick Vieira is at Citigroup. Uh, and it also confirms how high they are um, on him uh, long term. Um, you know, uh, uh, that's that's important. I think we all knew that, but we were afraid to admit for those of us like you and I who are uh, close to NYCFC and, and, and have seen what he has done uh, over over the years uh, or two and a half seasons so far. So I, I have to be honest with you, uh, Glenn, I, I feel deflated since it's official. You know what I mean? I've always, we knew it, as you've mentioned, but I, I do feel uh, on a personal level uh, for NYCFC, for what he's done, how nice of a man he has been and a manager, how open he has been with uh, with all of us. You've mentioned that yesterday, and it's all true. Uh, uh, it doesn't happen very often for someone to uh, invite us before game into into his office and and be so open and talk uh, to us for a good, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, uh, uh, joking with us a little bit, but yet uh, not being... Um, so guarded as other managers are in terms of uh, players, the upcoming games, and, and, the, and the games in general. So uh, deflated and sad and, of course, happy for him because uh, I think we all knew early on, uh, uh, Glenn, that he was a good manager. Let's move on to Poland. Little Poland in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. I don't know if you've ever been, Janusz. Oh, many times played against uh, Polonia Greenpoint and all those, uh, you know, even in New Jersey, of course, where you are, uh, you know, Wisła Garfield, all those, uh, you know, Glen Cove has a big community. Of course, I have been and I've played against them many, many times in in different uh, uh, Polish tournaments. You know, I'm here in in Connecticut, of course, uh, in New Britain. Falcon is a big club that... I've played and my even my father coached actually. So you know these are amateur teams, of course, but I am very aware. Uh, Glenn, <laughs> well, did you know this Greenpoint? Uh, this is in North Brooklyn, uh, a neighborhood. It, it has the largest concentration of Polish immigrants in the United States, just behind Chicago. So Chicago's number one, and <laughs> Greenpoint is number two. And I, I would imagine those in Greenpoint and all the other areas you refer to and beyond. After failing to qualify in the last two World Cups, I'd imagine the supporters are a little juiced up this time around. Uh, um, they are. I, I think they're also juiced up on the back of uh, very successful European championships, uh, right? Uh, Poland going all the way to the quarterfinals, losing on penalty kicks to Portugal, who obviously won it, and being better team in that, in that game. I, I think they missed a huge opportunity to be in the semifinal, and then who knows? Maybe like Portugal, they would have done something special. We don't know that, but uh, I think that's part of the reason. I think uh, another reason is coach Adam Navalka, who, by the way, you know, many, many, many years ago uh, was here in the United States and, and played for some of these Polish clubs. Uh, he, he's a great manager. He was a great player who himself uh, uh, played in the 78 World Cup uh, in Argentina. So, yes, I mean, this is a an exotic group that they're in. I don't think there's a great amount of history between the teams, which I think benefits all teams because, you know, if you're Poland, uh, you're used to seeing the European foes uh, in all these big competitions, the Germans, the English, uh, what have you. And, and uh, you know, statistics uh, usually don't go, you know, in your favor. So, so I think having Senegal, uh, Japan, and Colombia, it's a little bit different, and, and I'm sure all Polish fans are looking forward to that. 
Well, then there's Robert Lewandowski, 29 goals in Bundesliga. He's won the Golden Boot three of the past five years in Germany's top tier. Uh, does it begin and end with Lewandowski as uh, you uh, enter the uh, uh, the hopes and dreams uh, part of this uh, World Cup? Uh, no, uh, that's a misconception. Yes, he's going to be very important, but let's let's look at the success that Poland had in European Championships. First of all, he was leading goal scorer leading up to European Championship. And let's not forget that Poland got to the quarterfinals and very penalty kicks away from semis in European Championships with Robert Lewandowski scoring only one goal. I suppose if, if he scores at his normal rate and in the World Cup, of course, even if he just scores, say, two or three or four goals, that's a, that's a huge bonus. But the misconception lies in that, uh, even more so since the European Championships, because, of course, you have Łukasz Fabiański and and, and Szczęsny in goal, so so there's no worries there whatsoever. Uh, um, Swansea goalkeeper still and and Juventus goalkeeper at, at this stage. You look at Łukasz uh, Piszczek uh, at Borussia Dortmund. Kamil Glig has been a blow for Monaco, of course, uh, because he he has been injured and almost ruled out. But there's still little hope. Decision is going to be made uh, uh, in a day or two if he's going to go. If not, it's a big blow for Polish defense. If he comes, it comes back. It will be a, a psychological boost uh, of epic proportions because everybody, everyone thinks thought now that he was out. And then you have Piotr Zielinski, who's been sensational young player for Napoli. Arek Glik at Napoli as well. Uh, Grzegorz Krychowiak, of course, who maybe hasn't had a great season but always plays well uh, for uh, for Poland, and he is still a property of, of Paris Saint Germain. So. Uh, there are many, many other players that apply their trade in Europe and then maybe a little bit less known, but uh, I think it's it's wrong to say it's just Robert Lewandowski. The Polish uh, group after uh, 1986 uh, advancing to the round of 16, it, it's really been a struggle. What were, were the issues during those off years and why now is there, after the, uh, the European Championships, a newfound hope here in World Cup 2018? Well, I mean, you, you see many teams having up and downs in a World Cup, uh, right? I mean, it, it happens. Let's not forget that Poland had a, a tremendous uh, a time in 1974, where I still think they should have won the World Cup. Uh, uh, came in third, of course, in 82 they came in third. They weren't all that bad in Argentina in 78. It was just down to Mario Kempis uh, being unplayable against everybody for that matter. Uh, but it comes down to, to old school management in the Federation. And again, the change has been significant, not just in the manager they, that I've mentioned, uh, but ever since Zibi Boning, the legendary player, uh, legendary Juventus player and Roma player, one that was so tremendous in that 82 World Cup in Spain, took over as the president of Federation. So uh, that coincided with, uh, with Adam Nawalka, the manager, because in the past, I think there's, all, there's never been a manager that could unite the team. And of course, uh, uh, many players uh, being able to, to you know, go abroad and make a significant contribution because in the past many players have gone abroad but they never succeeded and I think a lot of these players that I've mentioned before have not only gone to to a, a bigger or, no, or, or known clubs but also contributed in them so uh, it's as always combination of many things all right, if we look at Group H, let's say Poland, let's uh, create two scenarios. Poland finishes at top uh, at the top of the group or they uh, finish second and move on out of the group. What awaits them potentially? Well, 
it's uh, it's Belgium and or England, isn't it? Depending on how it finishes, which you know, if if Poland looks at that, I would look at it as a positive. Obviously, we have not had a great history against England. Better history against Belgium. Uh, uh, Zibi Bornik, matter of fact, in '82. Uh, scored a hat-trick against Belgium after they got, got out of the uh, uh, tough group with Peru, Italy, and Cameroon. So uh, England, not so much, but I think Poland will take this generation of England and even this golden generation of Belgium that still hasn't proven anything uh, over, say, if they have to play against the French, the German, the Brazilians, the Argentinians. So, I mean, it's never easy when you get out of the group, but... Uh, you take that over some of the some of the giants again, and add Germany to that as well. So uh, it's never easy, but I think if they come out, you look at England and Belgium as doable, as opposed to some of the other giants and World Cup winners. All right, Janusz, I want to thank you so much, uh, Janusz Mahalik. He's on a on a lot of networks, uh, ESPN, uh, also the S Network as a color commentator for New York City FC broadcasts, and you hear him quite often on Sirius XM FC. Janusz, thanks so much. Thank you, Glenn. Always a pleasure. On to Jackson Heights for Soccer on the Block. I took the R train from Manhattan to Roosevelt and 74th Street in Queens. Hopping off and immediately seeing Los Arrieros, a small Colombian restaurant with a host of patrons, including cousins Michael Olarte and Hernan Marin, uh, who were kind enough to let me sit with them to talk Colombia and the World Cup. They had come from Flushing for the meal. As Michael put it, they lack good restaurants in his area. As for Los Cafeteros, the uh, team nickname that stands for the Coffee Growers, Michael has high hopes in Group H, which includes Janusz Mahalik's Poland side. I think, I think Colombia has a, a very good team. I think this year, this year we, could be, we could do better than the last World Cup because last, last, last World Cup we got to quarterfinals. I think this time we could get to semifinals or even win it. Wow, why are you so confident? Because we got good players like James Rodriguez, Falcao Garcia. Juan Guillermo Cuadrado, and they they three play in Europe, like in great teams like Bayern Munich, Juventus, eh, Monaco. Like they have more experience playing like the best tournaments in the world. So that would be good for the team. That's good for the team. When James Rodriguez went crazy in the last World Cup, did you did you know who he was? Were you very familiar with him before the tournament? Yeah, of course, because like before the work, the Brazilian World Cup, like he played in Porto and he won the Europa League, and he was one of the best like milfers in the world. So we knew it, and more if because in fact uh, this is the like our World Cup in which most players most players play in Europe. So we are a little bit excited. For the team. Now, Michael's cousin, Hernan, uh, was a lot less certain about the strength of the Colombians. Yeah, I like my, my team, but but I don't know. I, I know my team is a good team, but I think personally... Uh, You're not as confident as Michael in how yeah, they'll do? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, for me, the past team was better than the actual one because we got to be there 
I think it was was luck, nothing else. For me, for me, I one day do their best. Hernan said his family will fill a restaurant to watch the games. Colombia's first match is Tuesday, June the 19th versus Japan. And Michael, he had a surprise for me when I asked him, where is he watching the games? I ha with a cousin, I'm going to go to Russia to watch the games there. You're going? Yeah. I say like for a year and a half to go there. That is tremendous. When do you leave? Uh, next Sunday on the 17th. Wow. So, t so you had to really... Uh, not spend money in, in ways that you do normally to uh, to save up the money? I mean, how did you manage that? <laughs> nah, I mean, like, um, each week I used to save, like, $20, $20, and my family helped me a little bit, too. If Colombia advances to the finals, will you still be there? Or, or what, what? how how deep is it the, the three group games that you're going for and then see what happens, or do you have to come home after the three group games? Well... I think Colombia is gonna pass the the group stage, and uh, but if they pass, I'm a I'm a try to stay because it's a little bit expensive. But uh, this is something that you wait all like for a long time, and this is a unique experience. So I hope I hope I stay a little longer if they pass. Well, you just call your parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much to Michael and Hernan at the uh, Los Arrieros restaurant in Jackson Heights. And it's a neighborhood with a mix of Dominicans, Colombians, Ecuadorians, Mexicans. Michael said they all get along. And as, as he put it, Latinos are like family. Well, just a block away, there was also a taste of Brazil at Aroma Brazil. And on the next Soccer City, I'll talk to a young man who works in that restaurant, Herbert Viana de Sosa, who was in Brazil for that historically dreadful result, the 7-1 drubbing by Germany in the 2014 semifinals. It was like a shame for us, actually. But now I feel like I feel that we are stronger, and uh, now we are praying for now we have to win, you know. Now we have to, to get it, because it was like a shame for us in the past, but now it don't have to be a shame anymore. Brazil is expected to win their group with Costa Rica, Serbia, and Switzerland. The World Cup in Russia is a bit of a test in the corruption climate at FIFA. Ken Bensinger has a new book called Red Card, How the U.S. Blew the Whistle on the World's Biggest Sports Scandal, which resulted in FIFA President Sepp Blatter's resignation and a six-year ban from the sport. Bensinger, he sat for hours with Blatter at his home in Switzerland to prepare for the book. This is a man who is, his, his whole self-image was defined by soccer and running it and um, has had a series of failed marriages and relationships, has one daughter who I think he's close with, but other than that, doesn't seem to have a lot of friends. This is an image of an elderly Swiss man puttering around an immaculately clean house with no one to talk to and nothing to do. Uh, the full interview with Ken Bensinger next week. His book released today, Tuesday, June 12th. And we're one day away from FIFA's decision on the hosts for the 2026 World Cup, the United bid for the United States, Canada, and Mexico versus a bid from Morocco. Andrew Das, who covers soccer for the New York Times, published a report this morning that says President Donald Trump supported the U.S. bid with three separate letters to FIFA, including one that stated, quote, all eligible athletes, officials, and fans from all countries around the world would be able to enter the United States without discrimination. U.S. Soccer President Carlos Codero replied, you know, in this environment, he says that in writing 
it's pretty powerful. Early in the process, Cordero claimed that the Trump factor was not weighing down or jeopardizing the bid. This is not geopolitics. We're talking about football and what's fundamentally, at the end of the day, what's the best interests of football and our footballing community. And we've, we've, we've had no backlash. We're very focused on the merits of our bid. The FIFA announcement will be coming on the eve of the World Cup. One final note that has been lost in the Patrick Vieira narrative over the last couple of weeks. 15-year-old Joe Scally making his professional debut for New York City FC when he entered for David V in the second half of the U.S. Open Cup loss to the New York Red Bulls after taking a social studies final earlier in the day. Uh, yeah, actually today I took a final today in school. And then right after school I went right to the game. So I was telling them all how uh, excited I was for this game and this moment right now. So tomorrow when I go in, uh, well, I won't go in. I'll be at practice. But when I go in next Monday, I'll tell them all. So it'll be pretty cool. Yeah, when I got instructions from Patrick and then David, they're two of the best players to ever play. So it really relieved all my nerves. And everything they told me to do, I did. And it was awesome. <laughs> Even going out the wind really relieved my nerves from like just all the pressure again to be coming at them since they were pressing a lot. So that really relieved a lot of nerves too. So it was awesome going up top, maybe going to score a goal. So that was pretty cool. A wonderful story on an otherwise difficult night. And that'll do it for Soccer City. Heard every Tuesday at 1 o'clock and available on iTunes and the TuneIn app. I'm Glenn Crooks. Have a great week of soccer and enjoy the World Cup, everybody.